drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. That famous poem by Dylan Thomas is befitting of the story of Captain Robert Scott's historic attempt to reach the South Pole in 1912. And combining these two themes, Sydney Theatre Company's new production, Do Not Go Gentle, is a meditation on ageing and dying playing Scott, his actor, Philip Quast. Welcome to you. Thank you very much, Andy. Tell me, what did you learn about this national hero and leader of this expedition to the South Pole? Well, look, I I read all the diaries, uh, Andy. Uh, It's quite an extraordinary feat, just the amount that he wrote, given that, uh, uh, you know, how much they must have been in the every night, the the sheer volume that he wrote. and people thought his expedition was actually, it was the second expedition, the one on which he died. Uh, but uh, it wasn't actually a race to the South Pole that turned into that because the media really turned it into one. It was really a scientific expedition. All meteorologists were going, geologists, paleontologists, scientists of all sorts. And uh, then it suddenly became this almost crowd-funded expedition where People donated horses and sledges, and, and the race was forced upon them. And, uh, but it, it's sort of rather tragic when you read the diaries, the amount of information that he put in about leadership, and then, of course, he gets to the South Pole, and uh, he had to, of course, then have to find his way back, and they, got, uh, they were blighted, really, by, and thwarted by bad weather. And starved to death. And he wrote right to the very end. His his pen sort of just literally stops as he froze to death. It was quite sad, actually. Um, I was rather impressed by his stoicism. What do you think motivated him? I mean, it's just an incredible concept to put your life on the line for, well, I suppose, in the aid of scientific research. What was his core motivation? Scott's journey is a metaphor in this play for actually ageing. And I suppose we have to ask ourselves the same question. What keeps us going into old age? It's the same thing. You have a choice. You either give up or you go on with extraordinary curiosity about life, including pain and illness right to the very end. It, he, it's just unknown territory, and it's, in, it's human nature. And it even says that in the, in the play. It's human nature to desire to know what's beyond. 
and to explore unexplored country. It's within us. And we often, and that's where the metaphor of the play works, we often don't approach ageing and, and death with that in mind. We just tend to avoid that it's there. And death itself is like the South Pole, the journey to the pole. And, and, and he just, he was motivated by um, comradeship, leadership, uh, the ability to lead people there with enthusiasm, and in the diary, he just sort of fades once once it's over. Uh, and in the 70s, the narrative of his life was rewritten, really, uh, and people tend to thought, think him as an idiot and, and, and stupid. But that's very easy now, now that everything really is being explored. When we, he lived in a world where there was so much left to explore, and we don't have that much to explore now into unknown territory. And as he says in the play, less, less was known about Antarctica than we know about the moon. And that was at the turn of the century. We knew more about the moon than we did about Antarctica. Yeah, in fact, when they did find Scott and his comrades' bodies, yeah. there was a 16-kilo bag of tree fossils, which kind of eventually helped prove that Antarctica once had vegetation and was connected to other continents, meaning yeah. that if he hadn't prevailed, humanity would have remained in the dark about this for who knows how long. Is that his legacy? Well, they just kept doing it. They Even on the way back, they just kept um, looking for fossils, doing temperature readings. It wasn't... It. Uh, it's just the human desire for curiosity. I mean, and that's what drives them, and... And that's, that's really what the play is saying, Andy, because we've ceased to see that curiosity in old age. It's much easier for us to lock people up into old people's homes um, because, you know, we don't keep them in our... We do, you know, we don't keep our parents at home looking after them anymore. And those parents, when they're at home and we nurse them through old age in our homes, they're still leading the family. They're still the matriarch and patriarchs, and they're teaching their children how to die and teaching their grandchildren how to die. But when you lock it away, we avoid all that. And, and I think we're missing out on um, the possibility of what ageing could be. We've seen that in those programs. What's that program they had? I was at um, nursing home for four-year-olds or five-year-olds or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. We saw how the second childishness that... Um, elderly people had was just remarkable what they taught the youngest of people and what the youngest of people were still teaching the old and i suppose and you can very easily see how patricia when she wrote this play made that metaphor work for scott's journey and uh, that perhaps we should approach it much more with curiosity rather than hiding it with drugs and, um, and and locking people away yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have, through subsequent investigations into the aged care sector in this country, namely the Royal Commission, really yeah. realised the issues around the mistreatment of the elderly and the lack of quality aged care. Is that, is that in part a motivation for this play to sort of recast old age? And to, as you say, to you can't be what you, you can't see to provide a role model, if you like, on ageing. Well, 
Dementia is certainly uh, a challenge that's facing us all, but we weren't, we never lived this long. <laughs> a lot of people now are living much longer than we did 30 years ago or 40, 50 years ago. You know, I'm already 10 years or 15 years older than my grandfathers when they died. Uh, but, and that, that becomes a problem. But how do we know that, um, that, that the nursing home situation just playing bingo and being locked up? Um, and not loved, Andy, and not with affection in the, in the same sort of way. And having people that are understaffed, undertrained, and actually don't love those people necessarily. But the other thing is that you discover that people can, and it's a bit confronting, that in a lot of old people, home, old, elderly or aged care homes, people fall in love. You can still fall desperately in love at 80 or 90. Yeah. So did you bring this sort of optimism about ageing, but perhaps a mix of optimism and, and realism to this play, or did it make well, you think more deeply? Because I played Scott, he's completely optimistic. Also in the cast, you've got John Gaydon and Peter Carroll, who um, I adored and revered from the time I was a young actor. You know, one's 81 and one's 79. We've got Marilyn Richardson, you know, who's 80, 87. And uh, and they're as sharp and as witty and still teaching me at that age. I can be nothing at, at their age. I can be nothing more than optimistic when they show you that, like a a, a lighthouse, that um, they can guide you. You know, and that in itself leads to optimism. I'm thrilled. I was thrilled in rehearsal to be in a cast with those people. Because there's always something to learn, provided that you're curious. And it's one of the great, it's, it's the great driving force for me as a human being. It happens that it's one of the things that I was interested in. You know, I would have been just as happy being a fisherman or a carpenter or, or anything else because it's skills-based. Um, so yeah, I suppose I did bring my optimism to the, to the uh, rehearsal room and also what I learned off my, about my father and mother dying. Uh, I'm now an orphan, as such, and I have feel I have a responsibility to show my sons how best to get the most from life. If you've just joined me, Philip Quast is here. We're talking about his latest production, Do Not Go Gentle on RN Drive. Philip, you've played a lot of impressive roles in quite huge productions, Javert in Les Mis, Sweeney Todd, Death of a Salesman. I also recall you were named one of the 25 most beautiful people back in 1996. And many, many people, including myself, would remind, uh, r- remember your uh, presenting of Play School. Yeah, Do you feel like you're... That's <laughs> <laughs> really what I remember, you, you being on my television screen when I was watching as a child. Has your well, career had seasons? I want to ask you this because, you know, when you meditate upon ageing at the uh, in your profession as you are at the moment, do you see seasons in your life? Are they separate and distinct? It's funny you brought up play school, Andy, because uh, I feel like I've tapped back into my play school persona in this play. Is How that, so? Well, because I just feel I'm playing a big kid and it's made me think that play school, you know, it's... It has a tradition of young presenters. Um, maybe we should put more, much more elderly people on play school. We should put 70 and 80-year-olds on play school because it's ages not to. And also, they're often the prime carers, you know, now. They're bringing, you know, grandparents look after 
the grandchildren while both parents work. So there are sort of roles that elderly people can do and what they can teach. And as I said, that documentary on, on television about the nursing home for five-year-olds, whatever it was called, that tells you that maybe the the nursing home uh, uh, should be connected to the nursing home should be connected to child caring centre. You know, and even if even if uh, COVID comes along and has made it difficult, separate them by glass. You know, and let them see each other play. You know, have contact with them. So uh, I, I just feel I'm on stage having fun, and we're allowed to be funny at this, and a lot of it's very funny, although it's quite confronting as well. Of course, the words on the graves of Scott and his party in the South Pole are actually from Tennyson. He says, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Not to yield seems a perfectly fitting uh, connection with Dylan's raging against the dying of the light. Mm. What, what is a good death, do you think? Did Scott have one? Well, I, I wouldn't... Well, it probably was very painful, but the fact that he kept writing right to the very end till his pen must have frozen, I don't know how he did it. That's what I said. The volume was just enormous, and he did it to leave something behind for those coming along. And, of course, he learned so much about that expedition by what Shackleton had written before. And it's very important to leave something behind. When I say not to yield, it's just... I, I think it's a very fitting epitaph because, anyway, yeah. But um, I, I just think uh, rage doesn't have to necessarily be screaming. Rage can be just, you know, literally just, you know, in, enjoying it. I think that's kind of what Dylan was striving at, this idea of not accepting, not settling. And you're right, it doesn't have to be rage-filled or angry. Death is not something separate from life. It's utterly inevitable, and it's completely unique for every different person. We just project so much of our own fear on it, I think. And um, I don't think I'm frightened of death personally because I've been very depressed in my life, and so it's been a rather tenuous thing, but I I feel rather good. I mean, Personally, I, I, I've changed in the last four or five years because I, <laughs> I meditate twice a day. And that's changed my life as well, as a lot of actors do. But that's just given me time to create space between stimulus and response. You know, and our responses to things that are horrible sometimes are, are, are completely visceral. And I just love that feeling of actually just thinking, oh, yeah, okay, observing your feelings and then trying to be positive about them. Well, I'm glad you raised meditation because, as the Buddhists say, all life is suffering. If it was an ongoing party, you'd never want to leave, much like this conversation. Actor Philip Quast has been my guest. Do Not Go Gentle is on at the Roslyn Packer Theatre in Sydney and is running until June 17th. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Andy. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.